0: We want to jump right into this interview with Jesse Cole, the guy in the yellow tuxedo. But here's what I want you to be thinking about. As you're looking at 2020, think about Jesse's advice and how you can map that to tools and resources from nationwide. Think about this too. Remarkable. If you set your bar there...
1: That's a high bar, but you know something? The results are amazing, and Jesse's going to tell us.
0: This is a fire, campfire, bonfire way to kick off 2020. We want to see you at the nationwide event coming up February 9th through 12th. Sign up, register right now, and think about how this interview and this advice is going to kickstart you into 2020. And one more quick thing before we get started. You've heard us talk about Pure Care. You can start your journey with them at purecare.com. If you're looking at your sleep essentials category, pillows, sheets, weighted blankets, mattress protectors, pillow protectors, if that category is on your radar and you're looking for new partners or maybe expanding your assortment, you really need to check out purecare.com today.
2: Doe's Marco's Podcast. It's the greatest mattress industry podcast on the planet. Wait. Isn't this the only Mattress Industry podcast? He's Mark Kensley.
0: I truly felt bad for you at the time.
2: He's Mark Quinn.
0: I think Bigfoot was actually very pleasant.
2: Together, they are Dos Marcos.
0: We call it the parachute. We're going to skip the parachute because I want to get to the man in the yellow tuxedo that we're talking to on Skype at this very moment, Mr. Jesse Cole.
3: I am pumped to be with you guys. I got to say, it's my first ever mattress podcast, and I've never been more exhilarated and fired up to be with you guys. Okay, so on that note, if you
0: ever get invited onto another mattress podcast, will you please let us know? Because that means we have a competitor. Yeah, no doubt.
3: I have an exclusive deal with you guys, I thought. If if it comes out, you're my only ones. I'm glad glad you – I didn't want to bring it up. I'm glad (laughs) you did, so thank you.
0: I love it. So we're on Skype as well as on the podcast, and Jesse has on a yellow tuxedo. And it's become his signature look. And I came across Jesse through an article. I think it was an Inc. magazine um, or the website. And I'm like, this is our people. And the only way that you know you can find your people is whenever they fly that flag. Which got me thinking. I'm like, we probably need a bigger symbolic thing that we do that lets people know that we're kind of out there. I know that we went on stage and I was dressed up as a boxer and I chased around a chicken yeah. when we spoke. Yeah. But yeah. Maybe So. So. Okay, Jesse, give us the the story. Tell us your story. Tell us about the yellow tuxedo. And uh, I've got all kinds of notes that we can cover off on.
3: Sure. I'll try. Long story short, uh, I played baseball my whole life. Baseball guy. And I was hoping to play professional. Tore everything in my shoulder when I was in college. And that ended my career. So I didn't know what I was going to do.
0: Were
1: you any good before that, before you tore your shoulder?
3: You know, most people, they say, uh, that the, the better you were, the, uh, the older you get, the better you were. Um, so uh, <laughs> um, I'm getting older, and I'm realizing that I was just an average ball player. But um, I had the chance to play professional. I was very fortunate. I was getting letters from teams, and then I tore my shoulder in college playing D1 at Wofford uh, College, a little small school in Spartaburg, South Carolina, and thought I was going to go to coaching and thought I was going to go to baseball, and I didn't like that route. I didn't feel like I could make an impact. So I took even a worse opportunity to become the general manager of a team in Gastonia, North Carolina, which uh, was the worst performing team in the country. I mean, it was college summer baseball, 200 fans coming to the ballpark, uh, with the team had lost $100,000 the previous year, and there was $268 in the bank account. And so at 23 years old, that was the team I took over. And I remember vividly that first day calling people in the community and businesses saying, hey, I'm here in the new GM. And they're like, who are the Grizzlies? The team had been there for seven years. And out of this 10 calls, seven people didn't even know who the team was. Two people said they would never work with us. And I got hung up by one person. And that was my first day on the job. I said, what did I get myself into? And I remembered going to the owner of the team. I said, we're failing as a baseball team. No one cares. We've been here. And he said, well, what do you have in mind? And I said, we got to be different. Why don't we? We shouldn't be in the baseball business. We should be in the entertainment business. Let's make it fun. And so he's like, what do you have in mind? And I said, well, what if our players do dances every night? What if we have grandma beauty pageants? And what if I get in the dunk tank every night and just make it a show? And he's like, we got nothing to lose. And in fact, we didn't. And we just started trying it. And we tried a lot of wild promotions back then. We did Flatulence Fun Night. We did Salute to Underwear Night. We did Dig to China Night, where we buried a one-way flight to China in the infield dirt where people could get to China, but we wouldn't get them back. I mean, we did a lot of ridiculous things. and uh, But what we learned is people started paying attention. They started coming to the games. And slowly but surely, we went to 1,000 fans, to 1,200 fans a game, to 1,500 fans a game. And we started selling out some games. And I got the opportunity to buy the team from my mentor, my owner, who empowered me to do all these crazy things. Um, we even played games at midnight. We had games start at midnight. I haven't talked much about that, but like, we did some wild things and but people knew about it and they were like this is interesting we got to come to the game for fun so i bought that team and um fortunately it was then that i met uh my amazing wife emily who uh became our director of fun and actually started dressing up in hot dog costumes at the games and her whole goal was to make fun for everybody and um we started having time of our life and in 2014 the last game of the year uh sold out crowd 4,000 fans in gaston north carolina I, uh, in the yellow tuxedo, dropped down to a knee and uh, had the the ring inside of baseball and proposed to Emily. And we had a fireworks show go off in the middle of the game. It's delayed the game for like 30 minutes. The umpires and coaches are wondering like, what is going on here? But she said yes. And the next day she surprised me with a trip to Savannah, Georgia. And she said, hey, we're going this weekend. And we went to Savannah, Georgia, fell in love with the city. And we showed up at the minor league ballpark. There was professional baseball there for 90 years. And there was no one in the ballpark. There was like a hundred people. And I was like, what is going on? So I called the commissioner of our league and I said, if this team ever leaves, we're coming here. Savannah deserves fun. They deserve it. And lo and behold, they left. They didn't get the support. And that's where the Savannah banana started in 2015. And that's where the story actually got worse before it got better. But uh, that's the long story, as short as I can make it, I think.
0: Well, and you say it got worse before it got better, but it did get worse, especially whenever, from what I understand, you put out like a contest to name the team. And so you didn't actually come up with the name, like you and Emily weren't sitting around saying, "What well, should we name this team? You, you had it put out to the fans, put out to the people in the community. And this was one of the options that came back. And what was your reaction when you saw this, this name?
3: I mean, we showed up on October 5th, and 2015 with myself, Emily, my wife, our 24-year-old president, and three 22-year-olds. So we were just kids with this new team. And the former team had cut the phone lines. They cut their internet lines. Everything was taken out of the stadium. We found an old storage building and brought in a picnic table. And we were working on a picnic table, calling everyone in the community. We're like, we're here. They're like, who are you guys? College summer baseball. We sold two, Like I think it was two total season tickets in the first few months. And that's not going to cover the rent. So on January fifteenth, two 2016, at 4.45 p.m., Emily and I got a phone call. We were at a best friend's wedding. We overdrafted our account. We were completely out of money. And it was at that point that Emily turned to me and said, Jesse, we have to sell our house. What an amazing wife, right? Like we got to sell our house. So we sold our dream house and we went down to Savannah, got an airbed and literally were sleeping in this terrible, nasty place with no money trying to make ends meet. And that's when we were like, we got to get attention. We got to get our fans involved. We got to create creativity. We got to go wild. And we told our fans, we we're like, hey, our name of our company is Fans First Entertainment. You guys are a part of this experience, even though we didn't have any fans. We're like, the few people out there, be behind us. And we said, we need something different. And we had a thousand suggestions. Only one was the Savannah Bananas. And so we named the team after a fruit, and that's when we got crucified. The owner should be thrown out of town. You guys are an embarrassment to the city. We saved every single email video that we got. And then a year later, we did a mean tweets video with all of those. And most of those people became season ticket holders or became fans of ours. But yeah, we got people were like these guys are crazy. We weren't liked until we started. They started coming to the games and seeing the show. And slowly but surely, we went from those two tickets to selling out every single game. And now we have a wait list for tickets in the thousands. And more importantly, my wife Emily and I were sleeping on a real bed. And we now have a baby banana maverick, so it's come full circle.
0: You know, what, when I found, so I was listening to your podcast, and I have a quick side story. So when I was 19, I was a classic rock overnight DJ. So I was the midnight to 5 a.m. guy, and whenever people know where the radio station's located and they can get there, you just don't use your real name. And so I, I called myself the same name I used whenever I was doing wrestling videos with my 15 year old friends at, up at the flip shop. You know, I was going off the top ropes, and what's your wrestling name? I'm the Maverick. <laughs> and, so, and so when I was the classic rock DJ, I was like, you're rocking with the Maverick in the AM. And so when I heard your son's name, I'm like, this is awesome. That's
1: a great name. But Jesse, you, you named your team with about as much thought as we named this podcast. Kinsley said, there's two marks. You want to go with, like, Dos Marcos? I'm like, all right. <laughs> so, you know, it was... Uh, the one and only.
3: You know what's interesting? We actually people think that all oh, you just name it Savannah Bananas, but when we were very strategic, we were going to have a mascot named Split. We were going to have a senior citizen dance team called the Banana Nanas, with all senior citizens in their 60s and 70s doing t- Justin Timberlake dances. I mean, we thought of a male cheerleading team called the Mananas, Banana Beer. I mean, literally think of all these different things. So once that name came out, we made it a whole brand plan. But yeah, we were looking for something crazy
0: in the beginning go back in time a little bit because a lot of times we talk to people in the especially in the mattress industry and they say hey i don't have creativity where where does this come from i know like whenever you were coming up i heard this on one of your podcasts you guys got together you and your buddies got together and instead of going out and singing christmas carols did i understand this right you guys sang thanksgiving carols which are i didn't know that was a
3: thing This is fascinating that you brought that up in the past. Yeah, me and my buddies, we always looked to do things that were just completely abnormal. And I had a very creative group. And yeah, we knew no one on Thanksgiving was singing carols. So we got a group of 30 of us going to house to house singing, turkey dinner, turkey dinner, gather around, gather around. Like we came up with a song that made no sense. And people were just like so confused. But it became a story and i think what you guys are talking about before is what are those stories even if they're ridiculous how do you create those because it's fun and people talk about it and i can't believe now 15 years later you're talking about my thanksgiving caroling 15 20 25 whatever it was
0: it's been a long time ago i love that but it, but it continues i think whenever you start building up that muscle and exercising it it sounds like you know i always tell people when you're in a brainstorm pay attention to what gets absurd. Pay attention to where the energy goes because there's something there. And whenever you guys heard Savannah Bananas, number one, it rhymes, it's fun. People don't want to be bored at a baseball game. And it sounds like you took that and that's where the energy was in the brainstorm.
3: Whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. I believe like normal gets normal results. People don't talk about normal. If you're normal, you're going to disappear soon. I really, I believe that. And obviously you're talking to a guy in a yellow tuxedo, but I've never seen people get excited about talking about something normal. So whatever's normal, we look at, all right, that would be crazy. That would be bizarre. Like, just an example, this past year, instead of having a Christmas party, we did fansgiving night where we had a pilgrim game, and we kept it a secret. We only told our members, but a thousand of our members showed up to watch this pilgrim game, baseball the net the in way it never was before. They were People were dressed up in pilgrim costumes. They were, we threw out the first rock, it was Plymouth Rock, and we had twice the amount of people that showed up for that, and we're talking about, I went to a pilgrim game as opposed to I went to a regular Christmas party. So from the mattress industry, you know, are they talking about your mattress because of just the way it is or something that's different and unique about it or the experience that it provides? And that's what we always try to think. The experience wins. That's everything.
1: It's everywhere. What what cracks me up about your story is that you're 24 with your first team. And I give uh, a lot of respect to your mentor, the first one that you bought the team from, that he had the courage to let you do what you did. Kinsley and I both worked at Leggett & Plata. It's a company that makes springs, And we went to the company and said, we want to introduce the term hybrid into the industry. And to do it, we're, we're going to go to Second City, the improv comedy troupe out of Chicago, right? And we literally hired them. We did a day of ideation with like three or four of their comedians. It came out of it and we produced a mattress rap video which I'm going to send you because you will appreciate it if anyone will. And because of the bizarre nature of that, it actually um, got us some traction and people were talking about it. But I love that you were that age and that guy gave you the opportunity to do your thing. That's so awesome.
3: But he saw it happening too. The reason why we did it is because I was meeting with people and they were saying the number one thing, baseball's too boring. No, I don't like baseball. I don't want to bring my family to the game. I don't want to bring my company to the game. They'll be bored. When you hear over and over and over again that they don't wanna do something, you have to get people to think this isn't like a typical baseball game. So what we thought is like, all right, baseballs, why don't they do break dancing? Why don't they dance every game? So we started having dancing players. What, what, our players go on dates with fans now. Like literally during the game, our players will go on a date with a fan in the middle of the game. They'll deliver roses to little girls in the crowd. They'll do conga lines in the middle of the game. We've played in kilts. Our players have played in actual skirts, kilts, during games. Because that makes people think this isn't like a baseball game. So again, like from even a mattress experience, like, hey, this isn't like a typical mattress experience of going into a store. When you think that, you tell everyone about it. And that's what really worked for us eventually.
0: I know that back in November, if I understand this correctly, you were out in Los Angeles for the possibility of a TV show. So I want you to talk about that. But I also heard you mention the Magic Castle hotel and that experience for people. So first of all, tell us about the TV show, and then you can maybe transition to the Magic Castle story.
3: Uh, TV show, we'll see what happens. We're fortunate we've had a lot of producers reach out to us to tell our crazy story. And uh, we, we reached a deal with a couple groups, and uh, we'll see what happens. But telling a, the ones a sitcom, which I can't imagine a sitcom, a 30-minute sitcom about the banana's life and what's happening at our games and giving away colon cleansings and portage johns I can't imagine what that show would be about. Um, The other one's a reality show, uh, which shows us kind of like teaching businesses how to be outrageous and different and unique. And so we'll we'll see what happens on that. Um, In regards to Magic Castle Hotel, so inspired. I I think you open your lens when you go out. I try to look for experiences that make me, that are remarkable. And they wowed me. They've continued to wow me. Their CEO, Darren Ross, is brilliant. Um, It's an old 1950s apartment building. It's yellow. So I like that already. But it's an old apartment building. I mean, literally an old building. And, uh, but you walk in, welcome, Mr. Cole. I wasn't in the yellow tuxedo. I was incognito, but they knew who had checked in and who wouldn't. And they had an idea of what I looked like. They welcomed me, give me a drink. And they said, here's our snack menu. We have free snacks whenever you like. Um, we also have a free ice cream bar every day, whenever you want ice cream, all your beverages, they're all included free. If you need laundry, we'll take care of you all said, And then I walk by the pool and I see this red phone and it says popsicle hotline. And I'm like, Ooh, what is that? And so I slowly walked over. I remember walking right over to the pool and I, Grab the phone. Popsicle hotline. Would you like grape, cherry, or orange? I'm like, what? Orange, please. And then all of a sudden. Yeah, I wish. Yeah. If there was a banana, I would have taken that in a second. They walk out with a silver platter and serve me an orange popsicle. And I was fascinated by this. And it was a typical. It's the number two rated hotel in all of LA. Number two. I will. Me and my wife will always stay there. Last time when we showed up, they had, uh. Uh, bananas, they had uh, wishing you luck on your TV pitch, they had cracker jacks, they had a nice note. They, they knew because they asked questions, and they listened carefully and respond creatively. And that's the best advice he ever shared with me. Listen carefully, respond creatively. They know why people are coming, they ask questions, and then they will do little things to make it even a better experience. And, like, he told me about the Marilyn Monroe couple. I was fascinated by this. He has, one of his receptionists said, hey, why are you here? And then she said, oh, uh, we're here to see Marilyn Monroe, the Wax Museum, see her star. We're big Marilyn Monroe fans. So when they left to go to the museum, they went and grabbed a Marilyn Monroe poster, put it up in their room, and said, thanks for coming to see me. Love, Marilyn. Which is crazily creepy all in once, but amazingly caring and thoughtful. Those people become lifelong fans, and they tell everyone. And as we talked beforehand, what are those stories that you're creating? Every day we try to create you wouldn't believe moments at our ballpark that people will go home and say you wouldn't believe what happened at the stadium tonight. And when you create those, you never have to market again.
1: Tell us about that part because you, I mean, you're making such an impact on the fans. Can you tell us a couple of stories about like, you know, people that have come to the event to see a baseball game, maybe first timers who maybe aren't used to it or, or, or what kind of impact you're making on people? Uh, I'm sure you get some feedback. Can you share any good stories about that?
3: Oh, we'll go emotional. I know I'm wacky and fun, but this is one that uh, stands out because he was an intern and now he's our vice president and 22 uh, year old intern and we call so we look at every touch point when someone first buys from us they get a video sent to them a payment confirmation that's over the top like you just made the best decision in your day and we celebrate we have a banana Nana slowly grab your tickets we lift them up we sing circle life it's a ridiculous video so people are like what just happened and then we give a thank you call to everyone and this is a big part of what we do anybody who buys a ticket or buys merchandise will get a thank you call from our staff personal thank you call and so Barry is an intern we all do this myself the owner everybody And so Barry's a 22-year-old intern with us for a month at that time. We're calling and making sure, you know, thank our fans. And one fan bought eight tickets to a game, which is a pretty good, you know, it's not a typical family. It's a little bigger. And we couldn't get in touch with them. So we called again. And finally, uh, we left a voicemail and he called back and he said, sorry, you know, I'm not able to come to the game. It was a father. And the father said, I'm not able to make it. You know, we have seven kids. And unfortunately, my wife just tragically died. And so Barry, a 22-year-old, Here's this phone call, and it's like, whoa, and he's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Okay, well, you know, maybe there's something we can do, and he comes into my office. He goes, Jesse, this happened, and I'm like, oh, seven kids, all right, and I go, Barry, what do you think, and that was some of the best advice I've ever received from my mentor, or uh, Ken Silver, who owned the Grizzlies. He always asked me, what do I think, so I asked, what do you think, and he goes, well, what's fans first, and he said, let's make something special. And so Barry called me. and said, hey, if you're interested, we'd love to create a special experience for, you know, you and your kids. And the dad said, you know what, it'd probably be good to take the kids out to a game. So the kids showed up and the dad, Barry had a front row seat set up for him. And all the players came out and delivered bats, balls, and signed and hung out with them for 30 minutes. And then Barry came out with a jersey with the wife's name on the back with the amount of years that they were married and presented it to the dad. And here's what happened. The kids stayed the whole game, laughing, having the time of their life. We kept greeting them. The players were high-fiving through the game. They stayed for the entire game, which in baseball, is a great accomplishment to stay to the end of the game. I mean, that never happens. And at the end of the game, the father turned to Barry and said, that was the last gift the mother ever gave the kids. I couldn't imagine a better gift. Those moments. And now Barry's our vice president, and he's leading our team. And we're always thinking how do we create those moments listen carefully respond creatively and i know that's an emotional story but that's something that we'll always tell because it's really going the extra mile and creating something that you know our games do matter it's not about who wins and loses it's about creating something that kids will never forget families will never forget to bring people together
0: i just love i have to wow. i have to put a big exclamation point on this thought of listen carefully respond creatively and i've heard you say something else and i think you got this from a guy named jason friedman if i remember correctly he said something about you win in the transitions. What does what does that mean? Describe that.
3: I'm blown away by your research, by the way. I mean, I, I put a lot of stuff out there, and you're finding it, my friend. Um, win in the transitions. So everyone has a buying experience. Everyone has a first impression. Everyone has a last impression. What are those little things that happen in between? What are those touch points? So to give an example, when someone buys a ticket, they get that video sent to them. They get uh, you know a thank you call, but then we send a playlist of music to listen to on the way to the ballpark. So like thinking like that's actually a transition. Here's a playlist that you can listen on your way to the ballpark. Then when you're parking, that's actually a transition. What's the parking experience? We have parking penguins that people dressed up in in penguin costumes parking your car like this. Does it make any sense? Of course not. All right. But the idea of a penguin parking your car is pretty funny. So then they will actually hand uh, kids, say, a Freezy Pop and say, stay cool tonight. And so these other transitions, we're thinking about all these little moments that happen in between actually watching the game. So after they pass the Penguins, they'll see our players greeting the fans in full uniform, signing autographs, passing out programs, taking pictures. And then they may see our professional high-fiver, where, yes, we have a six-year-old who's actually our professional high-fiver. He has a jersey that says hi as his name and is number five, and his sole job is to high-five fans. We actually put out a whole hiring process for some reason, he was the only one that we found. He came into our office high-fiving everyone. I said, you got the job. And now every <laughs> game, he high-fives anywhere between 1,000 and 2,000 fans. Most people would say, hey, the show doesn't start, or the game doesn't start until the game starts. We look at every single point when you're walking, to the ball, walking into the ballpark to when you're leaving. Even the bathrooms. Our biggest rival is making bacon. So, of course, in all the men's urinals, we have making bacon urinal cakes. Because we want our fans peeing on our rival. All right, like that's 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 a transition. You don't think like the bathroom is part of the experience. So what are all those little transitions, those little things? They're not watching the name, they're going to the bathroom. What happens? All right, that's why we have a pep band and we have a sexy saxophone player that'll serenade women in the middle of the game. Well, if there's a dumb, dull point, who wants to be serenaded? He'll just start playing some Kenny G in the middle of the game. It's those moments that people think about and that might be where you really win. It's not just the actual game or the actual product that you're buying. It's what happens before, after, and then some
0: I like that you had a dream a long time ago too, to have a dancing third base coach
3: break dancing first base coach. Yeah, third base. First first base, would be, base yeah, coach Yeah, break dancing first base coach. Yeah, that was a uh, that's been a dream for mine for a while. Uh, and it probably did actually start as a dream. But um, again, how do you break the boringness of an actual game? If a pitcher walking, guys, if the innings just dragging on, we are very good, like the Super Bowl and commercials. You know, we'll have all different dancing promotions, sing-offs, turtle versus toddler, in between half, but what about during the game? And so we came up with the idea of, uh, could we have a coach that's doing the moonwalk and Beyonce single ladies, and as he's acting like he's calling signals, but he's really just dancing, and the first night we did it, I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is going to be crazy, and then all of a sudden, they started doing the Carlton, like the Carlton dance from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and fans just started lifting up their cameras, laughing and filming, and the next day, it's on ESPN, and it just took off, and Again, because it's not normal. You don't talk about the normal, you talk about the things that are abnormal that are different. And that's what we've been trying to
0: create. I think it's a really good pause point for people too, to look at their customer experience. And you know, for people who haven't mapped it out from the very first touch point all the way through until well after the sale, um, I think that's such an incredibly important exercise. And I think the seam that I keep hearing that we should be looking at is, What are those transitions? Identify those because people, your competition's not really paying attention to transitions. If you do, you can identify ways to make that a remarkable experience. You know, something people actually want to talk about, uh, because it's the time of, you know, it's that time in that, that life cycle or that journey that pretty much everybody else is not paying attention to.
1: But, you know, I think part of the, the magic here with Jesse is the fact that his, his bar is remarkable. Like, I mean, how many businesses really say we want to be remarkable? They say we want repeat business. They say we want to do better than last year. Very few guys out there are setting the bar at remarkable. So I love that. Jesse, quick question for you, too. What is the ripple effect of what you do? Like, for instance, um, with players, I have to believe that players um, are fighting if that's even I don't even know the process of, of getting onto your team, but I would have to think that players are dying to be a banana. Am I wrong?
3: Not at first. <laughs> not, at not at first. first. Right. When we first started, they were like, what is this? This is a circus. I remember, guys, we said, Harry, before our first practice with our team in Gastonia, we said, guys, uh, before you practice, we're going to learn how to dance, and I brought in a dance instructor, and the guys were like, what are you talking about? And they were against it, and then all of a sudden, they started saying they were more popular. They were into it, and. You, you gave the example of the uh, the the rap was it a rap video. The, what type yeah, of rap? Yeah. Our players do music videos because that's different. So like, "Can't Stop the Peeling we did instead of "Can't Stop the Feeling." "Old Town Road" we did uh, all Titanic spoofs, Sandlot spoofs, and we do all these. And these guys become more popular because they're now in front of more people. And what the crazy thing is now we've learned we had a professor come in and do statistics, and he studied stats of all the players in the league. It's proven now that the players play better. By wearing a banana's uniform based on offensive statistics because of the culture, the atmosphere and having fun. And you guys know this Of like literally you have a mattress podcast, you're having fun. Like you will produce a better show. You'll do better work because you're having fun. Like it's everything. And so now we're fortunate. We got over a thousand players that try to play for us and we have 30 spots every year um, because they're playing in front of a sold out crowd every night and they get to have fun. And our goal is simple. We want it to be the best summer of their life. And the same thing with our employees, same thing that what works for us. They are our biggest fans. We want them to be the biggest fans. Every player, every person that works with us to leave and say, that was amazing. And then when they have a great experience, then it'll go on to our customers and then create more fans. So I think it's, it's, it's the metrics that we've kind of created is how do we make this the most fun environment that you could ever have?
0: Tell us about some of the things that you tried that maybe didn't quite work the way you expected them to.
3: Not that there are any of them. <laughs> no, you know, it's I get asked that question a lot. And, and, uh, um, we do so many things that like, I mean, little promotions that are kind of weird that don't work. Like, we did the the human piñata last year, like the living piñata. Like, we put a person in a costume and had kids with little bats hit them while they're throwing candy in the air like a piñata. People were kind of thrown off by that one. Um, We did cold turkey last year, the last games, where we got two frozen turkeys, took off everything. So, I mean, not sanitary, breaking every health code, that two grown men had to get the turkey as warm as possible on the field. And they did some weird things with this turkey all over their body. Probably not a great promotion to do again. There's a lot of those. Um, So like the the world's largest tickets. This was back in Gastonia days. We said, all right, all tickets are normal. Let's make the world's largest tickets. So we made them like giant posters. Like We had Russell Wilson play for us back in Gastonia. So we put him on a poster. We put fireworks on a poster. Fans were like, what the heck are we supposed to do with these? They don't fit in our pockets. They don't fit in our pocketbooks. What are we doing? They're like, you guys are crazy. That was a one-year promotion. Tap of the morning beer festival, because we thought you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. So we did a morning <laughs> beer festival, and we started at 9 a.m. Only a couple hundred people showed up, all right? But boy, they had fun. So there's definitions of failures. But for us, it's like, what can we discover? What can we try? What can we experiment with? I think the brilliant philosopher Will Farrell said it best. He said, keep throwing darts at the dartboard, you'll eventually hit the bullseye. And so we are constantly trying new promotions and we don't look at them as failures because our brand knows you guys are going to try things that are weird, that are different. And so that thing, it's hard, that question's hard for me because we'll do things constantly that are just testing the envelope. Um, You know, Bill Veck, the famous baseball owner from back in the day, who did some wild things, gave away 12 live lobsters to one fan during a game. I mean, he did some crazy things, but he said, "I, I don't break the rules. I merely test their elasticity. And why doesn't every industry do that? Why doesn't every industry look at what the rules are and just test the elasticity? And that's what we're trying to do.
0: Test the elasticity. Have, you've done that. I've done that. I've done that I think for that's sure. A, yeah, I mean, we are the choir for the Jesse Cole lead singing event.
3: <laughs>
1: no doubt. But you know what? Jesse's inspiring me because I feel like we haven't upped our game enough on creativity. So we have we have more we can do, that's for sure.
3: Have Idea Paloozas. That's, that, that's huge for us. So if you have a team, you, we have an idea box and every month, we throw in ideas on a certain topic and we get the whole group together, food, drinks, and we have an idea palooza and the worst idea wins. So we look, what's the worst idea that we'll actually do? And we come up with ridiculous ideas and turn them into good ideas. And it's fun. It's crowdsourcing ideas. And when you get a group doing that, it's really, its we have so much fun. We do it every month.
0: I think I heard you talk about, I mean, when we think about your your culture and, and your team and your employees, you know, and all those inputs and all those creative brains coming together to make something amazing, you know, and then you then you have to put it into action. I, I think I heard you you talk about some organization that rewarded people not for sales, but for stories. What was that all about?
3: Magic Castle Hotel, again, and we're, and we're, uh-huh. we're following suit. I mean, again, incentivize stories, not incentivize sales. Stories will create more sales than you ever imagined if you get your great story and you share it. So, yeah, they would have, you know, for a month, they'd say, all right, I want each one to create three amazing stories for a customer. And we're going to pick which one at the end, and you're going to get a free cruise taking care of you and your significant other. And so that's our challenge to our game day staff. We just did a video. Everyone in our game day staff, 150 people, create one amazing fans first moment that will be told throughout the, the whole organization. And if we have 150 of those moments told, that's more valuable than any one big sale there is. Because stories is what make a brand. Stories is who you are, what you stand for. Um, Every company has core beliefs, but how many companies have stories that back up those core beliefs? And so we're big into it.
1: So you were talking earlier about the fact that you bring companies in for some consulting. Do you guys work with other businesses? Is that correct?
3: Yeah, we're having the time of our life. uh, They're fans first workshops. So it's during the summer. So we'll bring it. uh, We have 15 spots for each one. And a company will come in And they'll spend the time with us uh, the night before, then all day at the ballpark. We have surprises, fun things built in. Then they get the behind the scenes of the show. So our promotion meetings, our game meetings, they go in the locker room. And then they watch the show, the whole experience. The next morning we bring in our staff, our coaches, and talk about it and how they can deploy it in their business. Uh, It's a ton of fun. We did two last summer and sold out. And now we got three coming out next summer.
1: So tell us this: what what are you hearing from businesses out there, Jesse? Like, what do you think the biggest need is based on what when they come to you? What are they looking for?
3: Well, the biggest need overall, in business that I'm hearing from Jason Jennings and other people are studying is is hiring and finding the right people. That's that's number one. But what we realize is that you can't always <laughs> can't always get that amazingly right. So what can you do if you have people that aren't maybe the top A players, but you have solid B players to get them to raise their game? And so what we're doing is trying to create a culture where you turn customers into fans and your fans become your biggest marketers. That's all we are talking about. That's what we're doing. And so we have a kind of a framework that we use, you know, creating you wouldn't believe moments. So what businesses are struggling with is they're spending so much money doing on marketing. They're spending so much money trying to get new customers when if they just look at the current customers they have and enhance the experience, put the investment in the experience, they won't have to spend anything on marketing. And I mean that, like seriously, anything. I was working with a car dealership and they cut their budget a half million dollars because they're focusing now on all these moments and their business has grown without spending that much money on advertising.
0: Take us into some of the, some of the examples of maybe, maybe any business type case study that you can talk about where they came in, they went through your program and what were some of the outputs and what were some of the aha moments and how have they implemented those? Are you hearing any of that feedback?
3: first one was a home builder, all right, a home builder, serious like a home builder. And they heard one of our talks, and they met with their staff, and they said, how can we win on every point, every touch point? And they created an amazing experience. So when you buy a home, all right, or if you're getting a home built for you, it takes a long journey, all right? You sign the paperwork, and you write a check, and then good luck. You hope for the best, all right? With this process, what happened was uh, they said, all right, when they buy the the, uh, house, We send them a video, just like you, a fun video, celebrating. Here's who you're going to work with. Then they give them an iPad. And on the iPad, it has your whole team video. This is who you're going to be working with. Then they have a Yeti cooler and gifts, a little survey, quick survey on favorite foods, favorite snacks. They get that information. Then the whole journey, they take videos. Hey, we're pouring your concrete today. Just letting you know it's getting poured. They share the journey of building the house and keep you updated. And the most amazing thing was they heard one of their clients was coming in town. And they asked, hey, where would you recommend to eat? Because they were getting their house built with them. And they said, hey, we'll just pick you up. At the, we'll pick you up at the airport. We'll take care of you. His team came up with this. They picked this, this woman, uh, his husband and wife, up at the airport in a limo. Brought them to their house that wasn't even fra- which barely framed. There was no ceiling. There was no roof. It was just framed. And they had a private dining set-, set up for them with their favorite music playing. And they brought in their favorite food. Their staff did this. And they had their anniversary dinner and they're not even barely done house, they're framed house, and they went nuts. That couple told everybody, and it was mind-blowing what happened. And then now at the end, at the end of the journey, uh, the house, they have a red carpet, they have a ribbon cutting, they have champagne, and it's a celebration. And months after they bought the house, they still send them their favorite coffee, their favorite snacks, their favorite drinks. They have mapped the journey similar to what we do with our team by thinking what would be a most remarkable experience they could provide. And now they're not spending any dollars on marketing and their business is going nuts
0: from top to bottom. see that's the thing you got to think about is the transition at the very end is the transition from the end of the experience of owning the home, getting the keys, walking in and starting to live your life to, to the transition for the business from, Hey, these people are satisfied. How can we continue to get them to tell people something about our business? And they're going to remember that for the rest of their lives but it's also something that you need to remind people of consistently, even if they're not going to buy from you probably for another 10 years or maybe ever, but they are, you know, showing their commitment to customers by continuing to keep them engaged with those little gifts along the way. No
1: doubt. And Jesse, what I love about what you're doing too, we talked about ripple effect. If you think about that, those people, like we are talking about the impact of the people that come to your um, events, your show, I'm going to call them a show, right? The baseball game but the show. But what I love is the culture you have with your own people, You know, the culture you have with, um, so the impact it has on the people that work for you or with you, uh, the people that come to the show and the event, um, your season ticket holders, and then when they leave the stories they tell and the joy that they speak about that with the impact of that with people that they know, uh, the extension of that to this podcast, what you're doing with businesses, you're really touching a lot of different things and a lot of people. And, and inspiring them in very unique ways. So I think that's a really cool part of what you're doing.
3: Well, thank you. I, and I think about it, everybody, you know, share the journey, share the story. You know, if you're a, a mattress store, if you're a brick, like, why aren't you in the community sharing just a little bit of the things that you're passionate about? I think everybody, I learned this from a person who owns a Trek store. They're just out talking about what they're doing and trying to inspire other people to do it. And I think that's so important. You can go about your job or you can also go sharing the things that you learn along the journey and provide value. And then people see you as a value giver and they want to be a part of it and i think that's something that we've learned along the journey
0: what you guys are doing you're sharing the you're sharing the journey we definitely do that i mean we we try to you know show people what we're doing in the industry how we're thinking about things and and it's definitely a little bit uh, off kilter compared to to maybe how things have been done in the past but i think it's the age in which we live too which is you know people are are used to seeing you know their moms and dads and brothers and sisters share their journey so the expectation for the people that we interface with has definitely been altered and we have to participate in that, I think. And I've seen you do fans for, I've seen you do, uh, like player takeovers on your Instagram, things like that, which is a cool, unique perspective. Yeah. You
3: think about it, everything's fans first. So every decision we make, we let our fans design our jerseys. we let our fans design our t-shirts. We've let our fans play in games. We've let our fans, maybe this year our fans may coach a game. I mean, we're going to keep trying to think how are our fans involved. And right now in the offseason, our fans want to see our players. They want to, like, our players, let them be real, show them what they're doing, and get them involved. And we're thinking, again, what's that perfect experience for a fan? Even in the offseason, what do they want to see? What do they want to be a part of? And put themselves in our shoes. We started doing this, guys. I don't know if you heard of it, Undercover fan. And every night during our season, one of us goes undercover. And we park with the fans. We line up with the fans. We have tickets with the fans. We sit with the fans. We eat the food with the fans. And... It's amazing. I remember I pulled in this past year and my car bottomed out in the parking lot. I was like, wow, I didn't know this was happening. But now we immediately fixed it. And imagine everyone that's listening. Like, if you walked into a mattress store, would you, would you go tell everyone about the experience that you just had? Would you go say, hey, you wouldn't believe what happened at this mattress store experience? And I realized like, hey, that parking experience wasn't that good. I even saw there, our parking penguins were eating burgers on the job and had their back tur- torn toward me when I was walking in. I was like, oh, no, this is not how we talked about it. And again, but it was so good to see because I didn't know that was happening because I was in the field putting on the show, and I didn't know certain things were getting missed. Do you know what's happening in your business if you were a customer? Are you there? And so that was huge for me to do.
1: And I love that you're looking at it through their eyes. That's really um, the right way to do it. I love that. So Jesse, have you, I, I would, I would imagine that you, you've, have you had phone calls from the bigs? I mean, is anybody like in the pro circuit, like there, is are going, Oh my God, Jesse, this guy, he's nutty. He's like a, a banana, you know, yellow tuxedo, but our attendance is down or whatever. Do you think it would translate into the uh, MLB?
3: I hope so. You know, one of the big fights we're doing, one of the big uh, dragons we're trying to slay is is change the baseball industry. Uh, it's still too long. It's still too slow. Um, I remember as a kid having fun and, and being a part of it and, and, and seeing the players have fun. It's become too serious. Um, uh, we're not hearing from them. We're hearing from big, we're fortunate. We're hearing from billion-dollar billion businesses, but not sports. I mean, a little bit in the sports realm. We'd love to work with sports teams, but we're different. We're much different than that. And I think they might think, oh, it's too crazy. It's not about the baseball. Well, here's, this is the reality. We've had more wins the last four years than any team in our league. We've won a championship, we've gone to the playoffs every year, because fun wins. When you have fun, when you have a great time, when you have a great culture, it translates. And I believe if the f- players are having more fun, and the fans are having more fun, it'll be a better experience, and the team will play better. Um, but yeah, we, we uh, I hope Major League Baseball makes some changes, because attendance has been down for seven straight years, um, and the average baseball fan's getting older. Uh, it needs to be a faster game, it needs to be more exhilarating, the industry needs to change. And with the small college summer team, we're trying to do it down here in Savannah.
0: You know what? you could, you could jump over and maybe do something with golf, which is also <laughs> dying. You know, I, I grew up, I have golf. some ideas on that I by love the way. playing golf. I, you know, I, I used to grow up and now it's way too slow. It's way too boring. It's way too traditional. So maybe go fix the golf industry next. Just an idea.
1: I, but you know what is, it just blows me away about what you said. Here's something in Kinsley. We saw this at places we've worked in the past here. You have a proven formula that it's not like, you know, we wonder if it'll work. We know what you've done with the talent on your team. We know what's happened in the win loss column for your output in terms of the metrics that most teams want to look at. We know what's happening with the people that attend your games in in all of that having been said, you would think wouldn't you that other people uh, in other professional sports, even if it's not baseball would look at that and go, that guy's got something figured out. That just blows me away.
3: (laughs) Hey, uh, we're here. I mean, we've heard from some big football teams and some, uh, leagues. I mean, we're hearing from some leagues. Um, so some people, but you have to have a different mindset. You have to understand most of these traditional are built on wins, losses, protect the players, make sure it's all serious. That's how it's built. It's a complete mind shift. Uh, it's going to take time, but eventually it's going ha- to have to happen because baseball can't continue to lose fans. So anyways, I mean, I'm loving what we're doing and we're having fun. Uh, if they reach out, uh, we'd love to help.
0: All right, let's get into some some nuts and bolts. If you're gonna sit down with a mattress store owner who has been doing things the same way for many, many years, and they're starting to see the online space chip away at their, at their customer base, their sales are down. If you walk into a mattress store right now today, the majority of them have fluorescent overhead lighting. You have a sea of white rectangles. A lot of them are trying to create a good experience for their customers, but it is what it is. And you walk into that environment and you look around How do you armchair quarterback that i mean knowing what you know just from my basic description and knowing that most people for them it's a grudge purchase they don't want to go buy a mattress what would you what would you advise them here in the next couple minutes like where do i even go what do i do jesse i'll give two things
3: one uh one i learned from jim gilmore uh and uh the experience economy and number two we started doing a couple years ago number one this is from the experience economy if you were to charge admission to come into your mattress store, what would you change with the experience? If there was a cover to get in to your mattress store, say it's ten bucks, twenty bucks, fifty bucks, how would you change the experience? And I think that's something that, if you look at it that way, then you're going to think about how are people greeted when they walk in, what are they given when they walk in, what do they leave when they walk in. So that's number one, charging admission. Uh, number two is the PFT. This this we started a couple years ago. Um, it's called the perfect fan testimonial. First of all, stop looking at your customers as customers. Look at them as fans. Fans are different. So if you look at it as a fan, what would be that perfect fan testimonial, the PFT? If you could only have one Google review, one, what would you want it to say? And what we do is we reverse engineer that. So when we work with companies, we'll reverse engineer that, how to create every touch point in your experience. For instance, for us, it was the most fun I've ever had at a baseball game. It was like a circus and a baseball game broke out that it actually is kind of our guideline of how we create our whole experience is it circus like is it fun at every touch point and that's our guiding light so what would be your pft to come into your match store and if you were to charge admission what would you do
0: what a great very difficult lens Love to it. look at your business through you, you know I, I heard you tell another story you think about boring industries and boring experiences i mean some of the car washes these days are kind of cool, but you know, for the longest time it was like you blow hot water on the side of your car and like try to put in more quarters before it runs out. And, and then they put in the automatic car washes and some of those are kind of cool. Cause it's swishing back and forth and you get to ride through it, but there's a car wash you talked about called soapy Joe's and that's, they turned it into a great experience. Tell us that story.
3: Car wash karaoke. So soapy Joe's had a contest thousand dollars for the winner. And they had to submit videos saying hashtag car wash karaoke Sophie Joe's and send videos of them singing. And they had families doing it. They had Bohemian Rhapsody. They had couples dressing up. They had the whole kids doing it. They got like a thousand plus videos sent in promoting them. It had to be sent on social media, sent to them for the winner. And it was people having fun. And again, that created a ton of attention. A thousand dollar. Experience, you know, uh, investment—not really a market because those people had fun every single time doing it, and then you gave away that a thousand-dollar prize. It was brilliant, and it inspired me. And I think what you guys are doing so great for bringing a crazy guy in a yellow tuxedo on is parallel thinking. And I talk a lot about David Novak, the CEO of Young Brands, about this. You know, you look at those things from other industries, and how do you create them your own? And you know, I thought about that car wash karaoke. And next year, we're going to have our players picking up fans in the parking lot. And valet bringing them into the stadium and doing karaoke in the golf cart with fans because again that'd just be a fun way to enter the stadium. In addition to the ballet valet parking, which we're going to start next year with people dressed up males in yep, pink tutus doing ballet parking because ballet valet just sounds fun. But again, you think about those ideas and Soapy Joe's was one that obviously inspired me tremendously.
0: You know what I love? I mean, the thing that stood out to me about you, Jesse. I hear about
1: the thing. Oh. You mean like the. No, like the, th- of the top ten things. This
0: is the one thing, and I mean this. <laughs> I come across a lot of guys and gals who are out there becoming thought leaders and becoming authors and speakers, but they have taken some piece of research or some corporate job, and they've identified you know problems with it, and they've turned that into some sort of speech that they give. You have the chops because you live it and you do it every day. And then now you're out serving people by helping them understand how they can potentially apply it in their business. But so many people don't actually have the chops. They're not doing the work. I mean, you're out there doing the work. I really respected that. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show because the people that we're talking to are doing the work in their stores or in their companies. And sometimes they need to think, okay, how do I step outside of this and who would I want to listen to? I would want to listen to somebody who's got the chops.
1: And before you respond to that, um, I think part of it is having the chops, but it's also, isn't it so authentic for him? Like it's who he is. And the fun part of it, like you, that's legitimately who you are and that's really what you're trying to create for other people. And so it's just, you're not, you're on brand, you're not trying to do something that isn't you. It is absolutely who you are, and it shows obviously in the execution of your business. So,
3: I mean, yeah, when you get to have fun and come up with these fun ideas, it makes it easy. Like, it, that's who we are. But you made a good point. We're all in the business. You have to have a great team that that believes in it and wants to execute it. So, I mean, if we have people that are not in having fun, like we find this out in the interview process. So we're very in depth. If you're not willing to do things that are a little different, crazy, like you may not fit in. And so, I think that's really, really important part of the process is. If you have a leader who wants to do it all, have people that believe in it, that get excited about doing it as well. And I'm so fortunate that I had a team that everyone started as an intern with us. Everyone on our team started as an intern. We have 12 full-time now, vice presidents, presidents, directors um, that have gone through the journey with us that are all in. And it's, been, um, it's awesome to see and it's exciting to talk about these ideas because they get fired up out. So if you have a team, you're running a mattress store, can you get your team excited about it as well? That's, that's, that's the key.
0: And I'll tell you here's a, a surefire recipe for failure and it's something that you said I picked it up from your podcast business done differently and it was a quote isolation is the enemy of excellence and you're talking about team and that really captures it if you're sitting here thinking about these things in a corner by yourself trying to solve the problems of the world or trying to you know reorient your business why is isolation the enemy of excellence
3: I was running a race I was doing a half marathon and uh down in oak island and my wife was like, Jesse, don't go too fast. Don't go too hard. And, you know, it was very hot. And, um, but I wanted to, I challenged myself. And I remember crossing the finish line. And I, was, I think I, was, I did well. I was like maybe 17th overall in the race. And, but I was alone. And I crossed the finish line alone. My wife was still waiting. And I was there. And I ended up actually fainting. I passed out because it was so hot. And I thought about that that night. I was like, I never want to cross the finish line alone again. I never want to get to the top of the mountain alone again. And I said, because there was no one to turn and celebrate with. You know, I won my division. I did pretty well in the race. I fainted, which was just scary. Um, I passed out. But I just, I reflected on that. I was like, no, I want to do it with people. And I think with all this, you know, we can keep climbing and great entrepreneurs keep growing. But who are you going to call when something great happens? Is it just your family, your spouse, or is it your team? And we have celebration dinners every quarter. And we profit share and we read poems where we my wife writes poems that rhyme about all the crazy events that happened over the last quarter. It's a lot of fun. We give out gifts. You know, we surprise our team with Disney. We surprise our team, uh, our fans first director with a trip to Ireland, her bucket list with her dad. And we've done all those things. But it's those people I want to be around and I want to celebrate with. And so for me, I think that's the greatest moment at the end that you can look back and we did this together. And uh, I mean, Simon Sinek wrote the book Together is Better. I mean, it's known it's this isn't something new. It's just something that I think we all need to realize that if you keep pushing yourself, you get to that mountain and you're alone, it, you realize it's not worth it.
1: So what's next for you guys, Jesse? I mean, you've, you've accomplished so much. Like, where does it go from here for you?
3: I love how Jeff Bezos always says it's day one. He's got, he's got big uh, portraits and big like, signs all over Amazon says day one, day one, day one. And uh, I believe we're still a startup. And, you know, we're the bananas are four years on my journeys, 15 years. So uh, I get asked that question. I said, if you could put anything on your tombstone, what would you have on your tombstone? And we came up with it together He said, you probably have what's next on your tombstone. And I think that's a great question because we're always thinking about what's next, but also realize that we're just beginning. What's next for us? Our vision is simple. Bring fans first to the world. We love what we're doing. We love how we're inspired. We love how we're having fun. And so we want to bring this fans first mentality to the world whether that's taking the bananas show on the road and bringing the show all over the country and putting on fun for many people, and whether it's working with businesses, whether it's mattress companies, whether it's accountants, whether it's whoever, and bringing this fans-first mentality and actually creating a great experience for their customers and making them fans and their employees making them fans. That's where we get a lot of joy. So we'll see what happens. I always say, hey, we're going to change the base. We're going to do this. Like, hey, we're just bringing fans-first to the world however we get there. It could be TV. It could be a lot of things. We'll see.
0: Well, I can't think of any better way to kick off the new year then with this podcast. I, I hope no people go into 2020 incredibly energized. I know I am. Before we pop off here for the day and you know, get back to coming up with crazy ideas. What did we miss Jesse? Is there anything that you want to make sure and relay to our audience or anything you like to say that we might have left out
3: um, on the back of our fans first playbook that we, we give out to our whole staff and our players I mean we have a playbook that goes our beliefs, who we are, what we stand for. Uh, It says, be patient in what you want for yourself, but be impatient in how much you give to others. And that has been kind of a guiding light for us. We always want so much, but if you change that inverse and think about what do you give to other people? How are you grateful? Um, I've done the thank you experiment for four years. Uh, I write a thank you letter every single morning um, to start my day. And uh, I'm grateful for you guys today. But I'll tell you, when you change that approach, it makes everything worth it. And it makes it a lot of fun along the way. So hopefully that can maybe inspire people. Maybe write a thank you letter tomorrow to someone that's made an impact in your life. Maybe send a video, a selfie video to someone that's made an impact in your life. Um, those little touches make a big difference.
0: Well, hey, we're grateful for you too. Wow. We're so thankful for you, you know, taking the time to share this with um, our audience and our friends here in the industry. Uh, you know, we, we look at what we do and we're, we have fun. We have a great time in this industry, but we're very serious about one thing, which is if you get better sleep, you will have a better life. Because if you're not sleeping at night, you're awake and you're irritated. If you had bad sleep the night before, your entire day is shot. We know for athletics, it makes a huge difference in human performance. So to take these ideas and then to implement them like them in a store environment or through your your product brand, and then for the mission to realize itself where people are getting better sleep, we're very serious about that. And so I hope people grab onto these ideas. I hope they continue to follow you, Jesse Cole on social media and through, all the different content that you're putting out to stay inspired because these reminders, we need them throughout the year.
1: We are grateful for you and your enthusiasm and your creative energy and, and, and how you treat your people uh, and how you appreciate your wife and the journey to get there, uh, what you do for your fans, uh, what you do for the businesses you're connected to. So I don't know, man, you're awesome. I loved spending this time with you, very grateful. Kinsley, we've gotta go see one of their games, I think is what we need to do.
0: I'm gonna be skinned out, in I mean, I need a banana shirt—the one with the duct tape across the center of it. Yeah. I'll pay twenty grand for it.
1: So what? 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 What night of the year is Mattress Podcast Appreciation Night? Yeah. Is that like that's a real a, question?
0: That, that, that's usually on, on Monday, Monday nights. <laughs> and, uh, for, for,
3: the, for the fans that know us, we don't play games
1: on Mondays. So oh. We <laughs> hey, we we asked for that. That's all right. We, <laughs> we asked for right that. That's that all right.
3: No, seriously, th- there is something there. We used to do cot races where we'd actually have mattress bed races where we'd put couples in them and race across the field. But we're, we're due for a new mattress ridiculous promotion. King of the mattress, something on the – I don't know what it is, but there's something. So we need to keep talking about this. Pillow really What's that? Pillow, pillow fight. Oh, we've, pillow done, fight. We've, done, we've done blindfolded pillow fights, which is really funny because yeah, yeah. it ends up one person just swinging at the air by themselves. We've done that, but there's something with mattresses too. So uh, we'll get you down there and we'll, we could have some fun as well.
0: All right, let's kick it around, and maybe we can have you back on the show here in a few months, and, and we can we can solidify this thing, and then we'll come out <laughs> and uh, make it a, make it a whole experience. Quinn will dress up as a parking pen, penguin. He's happy to do that. Anything you want. I, I need I need like the mattress man that like literally
3: just goes and lays down, and people lay down on top of them. Like he's the mattress oh. man. Like literally that you yep, go around got, the got, ballpark got, we... and you get comfortable with people.
1: We have that guy. We know him, Andrew.
0: Yeah, we'll send you Andrew. He actually has the mattress costume. He's all set up. He's ready to roll exactly what we need
3: because it makes no sense for the bananas but it makes perfect sense for our fans
0: i love it well so make sure and listen to the very end of this podcast uh because we're gonna roll out on our theme song and this is from the mat the greatest mattress rap video of all time the get hybrid video
2: ever made you can bounce on it oh, oh, yeah. Cool as ice. And I'm hot like a heater. Bounce by the ounce. Now, now we got, got it by the leader. Will you take a spring and you wrap it up right. Uh-huh. You can sleep so smooth or bounce all night. Yeah. Put two
0: together, get a whole lot more.
2: Get yeah. the feel of the comfort core. You can bounce on it. Lay back, you don't have to practice. Whoa. It's the best thing to happen to your mattress. Yeah. Get together to do it like I did. Everybody get hybrid. Keeping it loose while keeping it tight. We can make you sleep or play all night. Put two together, get a whole lot more. Get the feel of the comfort core. You can bounce on it. No stopping when the beat gets played back. Springs keep it popping, foam keeps it laid back. Party over here, get invited. Everybody get high Is where the magic is And we just killed a, a song about, about mattresses, mattresses.